0: Welcome to another episode of Skiz Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Darren. How's it going, eh? Yeah, awesome. And Frank. Uh, where, nothing where is Frank? for him, huh? Where is Frank? I don't know. I heard he might be driving up to Spring Fling. Maybe. So, yeah, yeah, he has some excuses. Well, this the is episode shirt. number 47, Free Falling.
1: All right. Uh, d- uh, d- what, the, what, the, what the hell, man? I mean, what? what's going on here? I drop in. I hear Steve. I... Is someone Uh, replacing me? Did I? I didn't get the memo. Maybe. Uh, Awkward. Maybe. Uh, Darren, I guess you have some explaining to do. No, I don't want to. Ah, I don't want to
2: explain anything to you. I don't have to explain anything. This is my show now, isn't it?
1: Oh Oh. shit! Oh man! Should I do a mic drop or something? (laughs)
2: it's now oh. the, it's now the skids up canadian episode show
1: <laughs> ah, I, I get it i get it that's that's why I didn't get the last dot ca. <laughs> there we go <laughs> oh shoot oh my gosh all
0: right
2: oh. well that's what as, happens uh, when you
0: guys do monthly shows man I'm yeah yeah a lot
2: of things happen
1: <laughs>
0: right too many things happen
1: <laughs> exactly yeah that's why i insist on going at least bi-weekly but no, no, no! Awesome! I'm, wow! I'm too slow on the editing.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Well, sorry. Um, I guess I'll step down then. Uh, mm.
1: Awkward. <laughs> all right. Well, um, as you as you guys have heard, uh, we have Mister Steve from uh, Free Fall. So uh, thank you very much, Steve, for that for that intro. So yeah, that was fun. It was fun, yeah. I guess uh, we'll get started then with uh, with the show. What do you guys think? Sure. All righty. Well, I guess since I noticed a lot, but a lot of enthusiasm in your voice, Darren, why did you get started? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, for the first time in months, I can kind of say I've actually flown. Yay, um, that's nice. Does flying a micro helicopter
1: count? it does it does i mean i flew uh you know the little nano s2 and it counted what kind of flying though are you just sport flying in like your
0: living room or are you no. like flipping it and doing a little bit of 3d and stuff
2: i am flying in an indoor gym okay and yeah. trying oh, to do 100 indoor gym yeah. And especially up in I canada actually, <laughs> i actually did two flights outside last weekend too wow so, what was those temperatures like out there Actually, surprisingly, it's actually not bad out here right now. Awesome. Uh, it's it's well above well above zero right now, and re- well above freezing up here right now. So we've actually finally we're actually getting some sunny weather. But Steve, I don't know if you've how much you've heard, but up here in Canada, RC flying is taking a real hard hit from the government, and the regulations up here have changed to being worse than what you guys have in the U.S.
0: Yeah, I mean, listening to
2: your shows. Uh, yeah. You know, just hearing you go
0: over it, it's quite, uh, quite disappointing that, um, you know, your, your, your version of AMA Mac is yep. kind of like, not allowing this happen, but, you know, it's, it's like, what I guess, what can they do, right? So, it seems like their hands are well, tied. And uh,
2: Yes and no, and, and that's been part of my issue. In my opinion, it doesn't feel like they're actually fighting for us. It feels like they're actually fighting for their own survival, not for the hobby. And mm. it actually kind of got worse in the last few weeks. But, I mean, so. isn't,
0: isn't, that, isn't Mac a CBO? Like, isn't the community what makes the hobby, like, what, you know, makes the organization? If they don't have a community, they don't have an organization? Well, kind of, yes.
2: Kind of. Right? I mean, no officially, members, there's no nothing. Right? Officially, there's no recognition for something like that up here in Canada. There's no requirement for a community-based organization type of thing mm. like what you guys have there. Right. Okay. And that's one of the catches. Yeah. And unfortunately, part of the problem was, is that, like, it was great that Mac got an exemption. How many back in 2019 when, when these rules first came in, but mm-hmm. really in my opinion, it was far too easy for transport Canada to go and just arbitrarily say, okay, no, we're, we're taking your exemption away. Just, For you know, because and it literally was because of an administration error. It wasn't because of any actual incident or anything like that. It was because of an administration error. What, like paperwork? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Red tape. Yes. And that's that's what ticks me off so much about this whole Mm -hmm. thing, too. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why I struggle with even trying to, you know, even thinking about trying to get this, this license and, and like I was going to say now is a few weeks ago, it actually got worse and Mac is starting to get pretty, uh, I'm not sure what the best word is. I'll, I'll use the term threatening to some of their own members. And they did now backtrack a little bit on their language, Mm -hmm. but they're actually, you know, threatening to remove people from MAC if they fly at an unsanctioned field now. Because there's been a number of clubs now that are so upset with MAC that they have actually left MAC and are going out on their own now. So MAC basically sent out an email that, in my opinion, was very threatening to the members saying, well, if you fly at one of those fields, you're subject to being expelled from Mac completely, which means any Mac sponsored fun flies is a no go. Any, you know, you got a friend that flies on a Mac at a Mac spon- sanctioned field, nope, can't do that. And all kinds of things like that. It's you've going breezy- actively go sanction. and try to quote, you know, I'm using air quotes in my things right
0: now, but try to go bust people and like revoke membership. I mean, I just think <sighs> like that's a bit,
2: uh, it much like a. Yes, it is a bit much. Yeah. It's it's way way overboard. It seems like empty that's kind of what they were opinion. implying. That's kind of what they yeah. they weren't all out saying that, mm-hmm. but that's kind of what they are implying. Now, last week they sent out another retracting uh, another email saying, "Well, the only reason why we said that is because it's actually written in the it, it, it's a standard language in our rules and regulations," which is true. It is standard r- language i'm sure ama probably has standard regulate or standard language like that as well
0: yeah i'm sure there's like bylaws but and stuff yeah just the Unlike fact
2: club mm-hmm. typically on an email like that they don't usually go and mention that part of the email or, or that part of the language and in this case they made a point of mentioning that part of the language which mm. to me is a little bit threatening yeah it's very and heavy-handed for sure yeah right yeah so yeah, it's I don't like know. Shooting
1: their foot. I mean, yeah. they're, they're they're. I mean, they're, they leave. I mean, their budget is whatever people pay to yep. be on, their,
2: on the organization, right? I mean, yep, that's, it's your membership base, right? Yeah. Yep. So I know my particular club. Less than half of the members in our club have gotten that license, uh, which means that we have far less people flying at the club right now than we normally would. Yeah, and there's going to be more and more yeah. less yep. people flying, or they're going to be
0: more and more rogue people
2: flying and just saying screw yep. it all. Yeah, yep. I know there's already been I've been looking on classifieds and whatnot, you know, on yeah. Facebook Marketplace and places like that, and I'm seeing more and more people going and selling their entire collection of yeah, aircraft. Yeah, that sucks. That's unfortunate. You know, because you know? they're taking the fun out of the hobby. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, they're killing the hobby. They purposely like, yep.
0: you know. Yep. Hey yeah. Yeah, you guys are good. And then here you know, here's a nice, you know twelve inch, you know, bow and knife. I'm gonna shove in the back of your you know, your back yep. and say, yep. Oh yeah, no, everything's okay. Yeah, no. so You guys are dead. You're done. No more flying. Yep. Um, you know. That's yep, really there, frustrating. You know,
2: you're welcome to move down to the US. <laughs> <laughs> i've had a lot of people in the you're U.S. you're not that far that. right i mean <laughs> <laughs> i actually was looking today unfortunately the closest club that i could find to the border mm-hmm. is because i mean as crow flies i'm only about 15 minutes but actual driving time and border crossing whatnot yeah, i'm probably right. 45 minutes to an hour to to get across the border at least if not a little longer yeah, and you know there's no club and, like 10 and the closest minutes across club, the the, the <laughs> closest club that i could find was about 40 miles from the border from the border yeah uh, you still got a bit of ways, so yeah. Because I, I, seriously thought maybe that would be a good option, but we'll see. I, I have a couple of things that I'm looking at as well, and and I still haven't said absolutely no to getting that license. So in Canada, can you just like, if you had land, can
0: you just fly in your land? Not right. anymore. Right. Or they're they're doing like kind of what the U.S. was doing, like oh no, it's our
2: airspace, right? Like that's yep, yeah, exactly the same. Okay. Yeah, like one that's inch disgusting. off the ground is the airspace. Yeah, doesn't matter yeah it's really stupid damn man that's some good smack flying in that one inch though <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah uh, really <laughs> well anyway sorry to uh so kind of nope, you know, push on this uh, topic here. so
2: that's mostly we uh, the only other thing is too is i have been in touch with my uh i've had uh, several email exchanges back and forth with my local member of parliament as well about this whole thing too and and uh, I, I talked a little bit about that last time already that you know unfortunately in in the short term he's not gonna be able to make any changes but long term maybe but that's you know several years away kind of a thing if that happens so yeah. other than that i like i say i did do a little bit of flying with my mcpx i what did some indoor flying last weekend uh, and Thankfully, too, my parents are starting to do or my dad specifically is starting to do a little bit better. So I haven't needed to make a whole lot of trips back and forth to my parents place to help them out. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to actually get out to our indoor flying. And so I've been flying my uh, my MCPX a little bit. I got to get the Oxy-2 back together again, too. I, I accidentally dropped it Oof. and <sighs> no damage, but it knocked the servo arms out of whack. So all I need yeah. to do is just go and reset up the servo arms, but it's just <laughs> you know. Do
0: you,
3: do the, uh, do, you do the government
2: thing, the
0: fuel line thing? For the servo uh, arms,
2: yes, I do. Yes. Okay, so you can just slip them back, yeah. Yes, I just slip them back, but I need to go and find where that is because they've moved around the servos. Yeah, moved you around should and just all take stuff,
0: them off, right? find center again, and then put them back yeah. on the center. Yeah.
2: Okay, cool. So I've actually still got a micro brain on that thing too. Is what I have on that nice. thing. nice? But yeah, so. It, it won't be that big of a deal. i just got to, you know, this whole Transport Canada and governmental stuff has kind of taken the wind out of my sails for doing some of that kind of stuff yeah. too, right? So, that... Is the indoor stuff Indoor stuff protected though? Like, you can yes, fly indoor. Yes, the indoor, indoor stuff and... is foreign. Yeah. Indoor stuff yeah. is fine. And as long as my aircraft is under 250 grams, I can fly outside <sighs> all I want to, which is why I've been flying. I also went to my field last weekend. Yeah, but and did a little no bit of flying with my MCPX outside as well. <laughs> that's no seven hundred. Come on, no, I know and that's just it. It's no seven
0: hundred. <laughs> you know, you know I, I was talking to someone today, and they're they're at. I was like, oh, I'm going to be you know letting go of my four twenty, and and they're like, oh, why? It's, it's such a great size heli, and I'm like, it is. But when I go to the field, I'm not going to fly a four twenty. I'm going to fly my 700s. Yeah, and I can't fly it in my backyard. So like. Yep it really doesn't work as a good size heli for me you know it's like yeah that makes sense yeah (laughs) but i can't
2: imagine 250 gram just flying that outside that's all you can fly Uh, oh yeah you know it's funny you you mentioned that because how many people have talked about the 500 size they think that that old 500 which is essentially the same as the 420 size now right and mm. they say, oh, it's a great size. It's like the perfect yeah. all-around size. I'm sitting there going, to me, it's like the red-headed stepchild. It doesn't make sense. It's it's like, it's to me, it's kind of too small for going at the field mm-hmm. because you got room for a much bigger helicopter and it's too big for your backyard or indoor. Yeah. And to me, it just, that size doesn't make sense. I know for other people, maybe it does. But for me, that size just plain doesn't make sense. Never has. Now, so. I do have to bring up that when I was
0: learning, the Goblin 500, Goblin 500 Sport, and even the the, the version one. Mm-hmm. That helicopter, to me, was one of the best flying helicopters. I don't know what it was about it. I don't know what about the size, the power system, um, the weight, power delivery, just the way it was, I felt instantly comfortable and like instantly comfortable to like go beyond my comfort zone and try things mm-hmm. and like do things. And I mean... I blew up my Goblin 500 a couple of times, let's be honest. You know, to do things that are actually pretty destructive for a helicopter, but I didn't know. <laughs> but, like, you know, how do I know that? How do you know to, how do you know ever to get to that point if you don't get to that point, right? Like what that point yeah. is if you don't get to that line, right? So, so it, I don't know. For some reason, that 500 in my head, I have like a sweet spot for it. So, like yeah. this new one coming out, I'm like, I emailed. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Januk. Hook me up with that 500 as soon as, you know, Enrico has it ready, please. <laughs> you know, so, like, she already has my name on the list for, you know, when 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 they're ready
2: to ship. I'm going to get one, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Cool. cool. Anyways,
0: cool. So, I digress.
2: <laughs> I think that's probably about it for me, really. There's not a whole lot else happening. It's, yeah. I'll be, huh. I'm expecting to go to Indoor again this Friday and keep on going until, uh, our indoor is done anyways, so that'll be good. Indoor usually finishes around April, or sorry, a- end of May. Kind of a thing is when indoor usually finishes. So we got a few more weeks for that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, hopefully, so, I'm I'm really yeah. hoping, uh, rooting for you. Hopefully, things get better because you know, as an organization, Mac really cannot afford to lose membership. I mean, all yeah. such organizations they strive to gain membership. So
2: yeah, and right. they're losing them left, right, and center right now. They right. Really right. Are. Right. So when they start and the singing- clubs are hurting too. Like I say, I mean yeah. my club right now is we've only got we've got a fifty member club. We're actually we're at forty six members right now. And I think it's sixteen people have that license. So there's only well, sixteen I mean, people th- that can fly.
0: That's the that's where it's gonna start, right? Like yeah. at the club levels where people are gonna get hurt and like not yeah. fly because of this thing. And then obviously like the people at the, the organization level, Mac, they're just like, well, you know, they're kinda like it's you versus you and us. It's, you know, instead of us being together and you're kind of seeing it as separate, like, you know, it's the community and then the organization. Yeah. Well, once the community is gone, sorry, (laughs) there's no organization. Um, and they're not seeing that, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you know, like the club memberships are going to go down. Your membership's going down. Yep. It's not sustainable. Inflation goes up. Money goes, you know, money is always going to be less and less value. So everything's going to get cost more. So like, Yep. You need to gain more people and gain more interest instead of pushing people away. This just doesn't make sense. It's so counterintuitive.
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll see. There's actually a planker a fun fly happening this weekend near my place. Uh, it's a float fly. And so I'm hoping we'll see. It's Sunday, after, Sunday morning. And, of course, I'm going to church Sunday morning. So I'm hoping to maybe yeah. stop in there after church yet. And just to see what how many people show up it's not usually a big flun fly there's maybe usually about 15 or 20 pilots that show up so i'm really curious to see if it's like only six or you know between six and ten pilots that show up this time which is what i suspect is going to happen so we'll see yeah hopefully it's the opposite fingers crossed you might come yeah. and be like oh shit there's 25 people here yeah it's possible it is possible but we'll see i don't know yeah so, anyways javier your turn.
1: Okay, bring us up. <laughs> well, I was gonna start with a Home Depot chat because that's what's been happening mostly with me. <laughs> oh, oh, my specialty home yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. There's been a lot of projects around the house. So I've I've had. Uh, well, the weather hasn't cooperated. Um, you know, we, we got like winter back with a vengeance. You know, we had like uh, <laughs> really really nice nice uh, days of like. 60s and probably 70s and then it went back to 40s and uh, at the at the afternoon when the sun started setting over there clouds in the sky it came down to a feeling of like 30s I mean I- insane I mean I, I don't know what's up with, with with Wisconsin so weather was not cooperating to do anything outside but also you know I had a lot of things going in you know I, I had my my carpet restretched I had some uh, furniture come in you know i had a i had a big mess uh, i had you know two um two incidents in the house um you know as you know as you know you know i've said it before you know i've got my my basement flooded at one point in time well actually three times now so um since the last time i didn't replace the carpet i was able to save it but uh you know i just pulled it out and aired it so i it needed to be you know professionally you know restretched and reinstalled so that's what but they had to do so we had to you know move all the furniture in the basement and it was a big mess um, wow, Then my pain. my dishwasher started leaking and destroyed the kitchen floor oh so um so we had to replace all all that floor um uh, so it's been it's been a mess it's been a mess however i do have good news on on the hobby which is something i'm really 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 excited about and um uh, as you guys know you know uh, i've yet to fly a 700 right yeah. Mm-hmm. so throughout my time in the hobby you know 700s have eluded me because of the cost barrier basically but you know stars aligned i was able to get an airframe um it uh it was it was a crashed airframe i got it for really cheap from a good friend i finally bought the parts to fix it then um uh, you know i won't i won't uh get tired of of acknowledging uh, you know, a great dear friend that just shipped me the electronics, which is a gesture that I will I will never forget. So you know, he basically put you know the ESC, the, the motor, and the servos in a box and shipped them to be free of charge. Wow! Uh, and uh, we're talking, you know, expert KD1 servos. We're talking a Nego drift motor. We're talking a, ho- a hobby one one thirty ESC. I mean, high end electronics. Nice. And uh, so so that allowed me. To to you know just uh, start saving up, saving up, saving up, saving up. Uh, recently, I was able to save up everything I needed to buy everything else. You know, blades and the rest of the parts that I needed. And uh, today, I finished the setup. So uh, I I finally finished building it, and uh, I finished the setup today. You know the the, the, nice. the, the peach everything. So it's it's ready. Uh, I struggled a bit because the. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if, if that's common or not, but my hobby Wound program box didn't want to talk to the ESC for some reason. Um, so when I, when I originally got it, I actually upgraded it to the VVAR firmware because I wanted it to talk to the Neo via telemetry. Mm-hmm. So I was able to do that. You know, I was able to connect it via the box and via the USB to the computer and to the USB link software and, up, and upgrade the firmware. Then I upgraded the firmware of the actual program box. And then I connected everything, you know, I connected the telemetry wire to the Neo. But now the the Hobbywing box does not want to talk to the to the ESE at all. And I don't know if it's because it's sensing that it's connected to the Neo and it and it wants to prevent you from doing that. I don't know. So I had to, you know, configure everything from the Neo, which was actually pretty neat. I didn't know I could do that. So I actually went into the Hobbywing ESE menu, and I was able to change the governor mode to you know to airplanes so that I because I'm going I'm going to use the um, I'm going to start trying I've always used the hobby wing governor but I'm going to start trying out the uh, the neo governor yes. so I configured the neo governor to to test it out and I was able to change that you know from the radio I was able to change the the mode I was able to change the gearing I was actually, I was actually able to change everything from within the radio I didn't need the program box you know there's some Parameters that I cannot change, which is is probably because I have the classic and not the touch. So I think I'm missing a few things, you know, like the BC cutoff voltage. You know, certain you know, if you want to no, I think you can actually change the motor direction, but you know, there's there's several parameters that you cannot change. But you know, those are like default parameters. I mean you can change the BC voltage, you can change the type of governor, you can change the motor direction. So the most key parameters you can change directly from the radio. So that was pretty neat, you know, I was able to to fully configure the ESC directly from the radio, which was pretty awesome. Nice. I I forgot how to do it. <laughs> so I, I didn't remember, you know, about the pole count if I had to do it by half or not. So I I struggled a, a little bit with it, but I think I've got it right. The only thing that was weird on on the Neo because this is the first time that I'm using, you know, full telemetry on the Neo, that it doesn't allow you to select the throttle percentage. It now asks you for the head speed, uh, so yeah. it does the calculation, and you input the head speed instead of the throttle percentage, mm-hmm. which yep. was weird because you know I have a, I, I had designed a spreadsheet way back when, you know from, no need, no need, from, <laughs> yeah. So now you don't need that. So that that was pretty neat. I mean, I I like mm-hmm. the the implementation, but now I'm gonna have to do a little bit trial and error because. You know, since uh, since I have a one thirty ESE on a rock KSC with three plates, um, yeah, it's I, a little
0: bit on the small side for sure. Correct,
1: it's on the small side, so I don't want to run high head speed. So I wanted to make sure that that I'm running something low. But since I'm having, I'm running the default pinion. In my calculations, it was about seventy percent throttle, which of course I can't see. Don't worry
0: about it. All but, you do, is but it's actually it, fine. Yeah, no, all you do is say I want eighteen hundred.
1: Yep. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what I put. I Don't I, I, I worry
0: about the throttle percentage later. And then you can go in the logs and actually see where your throttle percentage is. Exactly. Especially when you're hovering. um, You'll know exactly where it's kind of sitting. And, you know, you can see it. It's, it's fine. But yeah.
2: yeah no. And it's actually yeah. better doing it this way, too. Because like Steve says, you look at the logs and you can start to see. And then you can actually see if you're hitting 100% or if you're getting really low yeah, or something pinned. like that. And it works out a mm-hmm. lot better than trying to do your uh, your old spreadsheet thing yes yeah yeah so uh so that was pretty welcome
0: neat, you to
1: know. 2022 Javier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i know Is you know i mean it's it's it, you know i'm i'm always behind you know i'm i mean how yeah, many years i've been in the hobby it's, it's my first good. 700 so
0: uh-huh no <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm saying it's all good it don't matter when you find out but now that you find out isn't it freaking like mind-blowing like wow yeah. the integration yeah. and yeah. the ease of it like i mean
1: yeah yeah. yeah yeah it's pretty neat I'm um, it's pretty neat. you know i've had a taste of integration before mm-hmm. integration and telemetry with well, spirit with spirit yep mm-hmm. yes but you know it's nothing like it i mean you can oh, do everything do. from the radio with 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 this platform so so it was pretty good i'm pretty happy so um now i just need to to uh you know shake the jitters and uh go to the field and uh you know in time oh <laughs> my gosh i'm so nervous i'm so nervous you know it's it's my first 700. It's taken me ages to build because, you know, I've been slowly building up to it as I've been saving up. Is there any experienced heli guys around you? Oh, like yeah, cool. yeah. 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 They're, you know, my club has a lot of, you know, really good pilots. And, and I'm sure that they can, they can help and they can, you know, take a look over. You At know, the very can least, just to have
0: them just eye it over one time, just to make sure, like, you know, just show them your pitch set up, your, your curves and everything, just to make sure everything looks okay. But yeah. Yeah, A uh, V-Bar setup is like, as long as you <laughs> have the wires up, well, I mean, wires front or wires back and, you know, kneel up facing whatever direction, you have that shit set right. As long as you have that thing right, it's like, no matter what you do,
1: it'll just, it'll fly. It'll be right, fine. right. And, and that's yeah. what I'm afraid of, you know, because there's a lot of news with this one, you know. I usually shouldn't be going into a brand new size with a lot of variables. But that's what I'm doing because, you know, I've, I've I know, never used the, know. You know, the full telemetry. Yeah. And uh, this is my first three-blade. Yeah,
0: I mean, not only that, going to a 700 to go to a three-blade, it's kind of like, um, hey, I just learned to drive. I'm going to get in this 450 horsepower, you know, Ferrari and go around the <laughs> <Yeah>. number <an> <laughs> ring for the yeah. first time.
1: I know, I know, you know? I like know, right? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the direction that you mentioned, you know, on every single helicopter that I've, that I've built so far, mm-hmm. you know, I've always used the same direction because I like the wires to be neat. And usually what I do is that I let the antennas point backwards, you know, towards the boom. So that okay. I can, because I usually what I do is that I tape them to the side of the frame. So it, it, it's better to do it that way. And also the, the wires are neatly arranged towards the front. So they're nicely tucked. So that, that's how I've assembled every single helicopter. But on the raw, because of that little thing that you have that goes on top of the servo for the antennas, Mm-hmm. You have to put. You can't. You kind of have to put. And also because of the length of the wire that I have from the tail servo, you kind of have to put the neo with the wires facing back. I and mean, it's just a setup change, you know. I've done it, it but mm-hmm. you know it's the only helicopter again. You know variables. Uh, that's it's the only, only one that has, it that, has done it. that way. Okay. So so you know I've checked the directions and everything, but you cannot imagine the level of nervousness because of all the different things that I've done with a heli. That's going to be my biggest, uh, you know, most expensive Kelly, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, And, and that's, that's
0: kind of where I'm getting at. I think it's a good idea to go to your club even if it's not like a super experienced person, just someone who knows helicopters and, and f- can fly, just rubber ducky it off them. Of. Like, hey, double check my pitch, double check this, just to make sure and that way you can kind of rest assured that your setup is at least good. That you don't have to worry about that when you, take, when you hit that throttle hold off and you hit motor switch on. You don't have to worry about my, your setup because you've already had someone double check your work. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Don't do it by yourself, please. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be even more nerve wracking.
2: <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. I do that pretty much every time after a crash and whatnot too. I'll go, uh, I'll, when I go take my, get back to the field all the time, I'll get one of my buddies to go look over and say, okay, can you look this over? Because it's quite possible. I was so excited that when I put it all back together that I missed something. And Mm -hmm. it actually has happened, where a friend of mine looked over my helicopter for me and discovered Mm -hmm. I had a broken link that I missed. Yeah, or like a ball link a little bit loose. You're like, oh, what's that? Yeah, exactly. So it's always good to, you know, especially before some sort of a maiden after something like that, absolutely go and get somebody else to go and take a look over it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's a And being that this is your first 700, and it's a three-blade, and it's a fucking, it's a goblin, and it's a KC, it's like, oh my god, you're just... Stacking everything on top of it, huh? I know,
1: I know, and it looks so so it darn does. good, you know, with all the black electronics and uh-huh. then it, I have a I have a red case neo because I, I love red. So China. I have a red case neo and because the raw has red accents, I mean it looks yeah. fantastic. Yes. <laughs> fantastic, you know. So Ferrari, man.
2: Oh, yeah, it looks like a goblin. Indeed, you know, I, I showed <laughs> it to my wife and she said, Oh my god, <laughs> that's beautiful. So yeah. It looks uh, like a goblin, nothing special. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh! There we go again. See what I have to deal with to deal up with Steve. I mean, he's not wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you used no, to be I'm, kidding,
0: fac- I'm kidding. No, i kidding. I love golden my golden goblins. goblins. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love oh, my goblins. You know that, especially uh, my nitros. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: <laughs> All right. So awesome. um, I guess that was that was a, a good update. Uh, you know, finally, 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 I'm ready for the season. So um, I'm going to see how. How that goes, and uh, I'll be sure to document it. Hopefully, it's all a very nice YouTube video. Yeah,
2: video so, it. Yes, yes. Video or didn't happen?
1: Of course, <laughs> yes. the only The only thing that I'm concerned about is when I'm gonna be able to do it because I have family coming over. I have my mom and my mom mother-in-law coming for May because of Mother's Day. They're gonna be staying well, for like a time. couple of weeks. So that's the best time. Yes, yeah. You're gonna need a day away from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I'm gonna have to see. But oh, well, oh well, uh, wish me luck. I'll keep you guys posted, yeah, yeah, good luck.
2: I want to see the crash I mean the the uh the oh, successful flight gosh
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah i'm going if, if I crash, I'm gonna cry, I swear
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, you right. know what's going to crash eventually though, right
1: Oh yeah, yeah, eventually, eventually, but and actually, oh, actually, that was not all, that was not all actually there's 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 some there's more firsts Uh oh. I'm going to be trying out a different brand of batteries, which I'm not really concerned about. I'm going to be trying out Mania X batteries now. I'm not really concerned about that. But I have another 700F from (laughs) coming. What? What? (laughs) Yes. What do you got coming now? Yes. I have a Kraken 700 coming. Oh God, the
0: original from one, expensive the to one.
1: another expensive.
2: <laughs> oh man, Javier. <hobby laughs> <error. laughs> yes, it was uh, Where it are was, you getting this money? <laughs> it was
1: uh it was it was you know, I, I had the opportunity and I took it. <laughs> and uh, you know, I uh I, I you know I, I I got a hold of a small amount of money for myself and uh, and I didn't think twice and I just spent it and I'll just worry about it later. <laughs> so um so yeah, it's uh it's insane. It's insane. It's, it, it also came at a, at a really, really good price. So, um, and it's been a long time coming. It's been Dang. waiting on a garage for a few years, waiting for me to get it. And wow. I'm, I'm able, gonna be able to get it. So, so I'm really excited about that. So in the worst, 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 worst case scenario, I actually have on, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 another 700 airframe in just in case, right? I mean, I hope that not. I mean, I hope that eventually I have to. But, uh, you know, in the worst case scenario, I actually have a 700 airframe. So, um, Do you want a third? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I still have to buy the electronics for the second one. <laughs> okay.
2: So, uh, but yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Um, so, is, um, is this one flyable or uh, like, I know it's just an airframe. Air it, right? it's, it's just the airframe, right? So, it's just airframe. Yeah. It's good flyable condition. It's not crashed it's not like the RAW was.
1: No, it's. I mean, it's just a bare airframe. Um, okay, it was it was assembled and then got disassembled and then it's getting shipped over to me. Okay, nice. but it's not a crash kit. It's a it's no. A it's a brand. Airframe. It's a brand new yeah. kit that has never been flown. Oh, oh wow. wow! Okay, it's, uh, it was it was assembled. You know, electronics mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then got completely disassembled, never flown, and shipped over to me. Wow! So. Um, so yeah nice. I'm I'm really excited about that um I want to keep up to my you know also because I don't think I can I can I can afford more I'm going to try to keep up to my 4L limit which means that eventually the little one will have to go and I do have ah, man I wouldn't want to get rid of it because I have a park you know I've, I don't know if you've seen my youtube videos but there's this park that has one of the houses that has a, a, a smiley a face, face painted yeah. on it mm-hmm. yeah so that that park is perfect for the 420 Mm-hmm. so I wouldn't really want to let it go, but it'll you know at least the neo you know whenever I can buy the electronics for the kraken you know at least the neo will get ripped out of it, which will you know mean that it you know it won't have a fiberless it will just be a piece of machinery sitting there, so i don't know it it'll may, just be art <laughs> Paper yes right. yeah, yeah it it may it may go go away um, standing eventually model. but uh, yeah but uh but you know but I'm pretty excited, I'm pretty pumped, you know the kraken is actually the my dream heli you know it's oh. it's the heli that I've that if I it, you know and this is the original I, orange one you said right the The original orange okay. so you know when, when that came out and being a goblin Wait, is this the original, I said, original? You know, that's the original yeah yeah the one that has the, oh, the two um, transmission
0: too the, the, transmi- the old transmission yeah, the old yes. transmission not the raw transmission correct
1: the, correct yeah, yeah that one that makes that whiny sound which I actually oh, find pretty cool dude that whine sound yeah it's pretty neat <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm really pumped man i'm uh, you know when i saw those flying at urcha mm-hmm. um, you know when when they came out and you know the all the f- almost all flight lines had had one and i was yeah. like oh my gosh that's the 700 i want to get first and, um, uh, it- one thing i'm going to recommend for you is uh just write out the box
0: get the latest dampening system i think it's like the v3 dampening for the flybrows unit the uh, uh, flybrows mount Get get like the latest updated mount that they have. I think it's like a V two or V three. The V three one mounts the brawlers off the frame, off the transmission, and onto the frame, which you don't get a lot of weird vibrations. And I that's the issues I had with my cracking was that there was a the original version that you were talking about. The Neo would pick up a lot of weird high high frequency vibration that caused it to fly funny. Like it didn't fly, like tails going left you know counterclockwise clockwise it didn't feel even and stuff it just felt weird and um as soon as I changed the mount it fixed everything so
1: okay yeah uh, I'll link it to you if, uh, later after the show if you need it okay okay thanks yeah that's that's a good tip that's a good tip I, I definitely will take heed of that and uh and and we'll change that as soon as as, as I get it well it's gonna take a while you know, yeah yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but but yeah I mean uh, for sure for sure I'll take that into consideration and uh and uh, well, just one more thing. You know, a couple of shows ago, there was a question that popped up from one of our of of our friends on Helifreak Freak that had some weird issues, and we asked Ben and Donny about it. You know, he had some issues with the, with his the five seventy. He couldn't get it to fly right. You know, to tune he couldn't tune out the wobble that he had on the head, mm-hmm. and he tried everything. Uh, you know, he tried changing fiberless. He tried changing the servos. He actually mm-hmm. tried changing airframe. Which fixed it, of course. Like building but, you know, a new he airframe. He 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 had to get a you know not a new airframe but you know a used airframe and you know it flew better. But he said he said that he still had some some little issues and um, what he ended up fixing it is that he changed the dampening system with the one on the 580, which has uh, what is it 90 the 90 hardness instead of the 60 I think it is. So the harder the harder O rings and yeah. that fixed it. It just the head was just you know too too, loose. too soft mm-hmm. i wonder mm. if he could have preloaded the head as well like if he were to sit you know
0: how you'd sit there and you kind of pull in the head you know one way or another to see if the the, the dampers move right yeah if he could preload that with like a couple shims you know and yep. that would yep. have also
1: helped out maybe maybe but yeah. uh but he fixed it ah, with those cool. you know so mm-hmm. so yeah i just wanted to follow up on that because uh, you know that was a question that came up and that was a good solution that, you know, mine flies fine, but, you know, eventually if they wear out, I'll probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, I guess that was that was my update. Um, uh, as you can see, I am very excited. So, um, yeah. so I'll just uh, let it go. And uh, I guess we'll continue on to Steve. So, Steve, um, I know that it's uh, been a, a long time since you've taken the... The microphone and and shared your your heli journey or your heli experiences but let us a little bit uh you know about what, what you've been doing in the hobby uh recently and probably not so recently shortly yeah
0: so uh yeah it's been a while right i guess uh free fall ended in end of december uh, before our winter break that we usually take and um yeah the new year came and gone and it's like oh no more podcasts. It's uh, it's definitely a different, you know, Tuesday nights. is definitely different. But yeah, I've still been doing my RC stuff. I've still been doing, you know, my hobby stuff. Uh, the latest stuff, I guess, I can talk about is uh, I built an Orange Scheme Raw 700. I actually sold my other Raw, which was my orange creamsicle one that I made, like with the white tail boom and the orange stickers mm-hmm. and, and Orange company. I sold that to, to Kevin a little while ago. And... Because I sold him that one because he was looking for a raw. I obviously bought me another one, and I bought the orange scheme because, you know, it was the latest and greatest. <laughs> That's the newer scheme
2: then? Mm-hmm. Yep,
0: with the newer okay. orange that and the white canopy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so I got that, and also uh, around the same time I bought a 580 nitro kit, but um, I ended up putting the raw to 700 together first, and and that thing is, you know, it's a raw, it's a goblin kit, you know, manuals are are. You know, top-notch. Uh, everything went together perfectly fine. You know, No fitment issues, no issues at all putting together um, the kit. And then, uh, let me see here. What else did I do? Yeah. And, and, you know, Maiden went successful. Everything went fine. No problems with that. Um, later on, I, I built the 580 Nitro. Um, I got that kit going, and I built that up. Had some issues. Uh, my gov sensor, I had a spectrum backplate. And on Maiden it wasn't working so i kind of just benched the heli right now so i did buy uh ah uh, shit what's augie's company um x-guard x-guard yes i bought their backplate and uh, magnet sensor like the spartan type one i bought basically every one that they had like the two different types they had so that way um i can try either one on the 580 so i do have that and i do need to work on that but that'll be a little bit later on i just kind of been busy with uh You know, the hobby stuff, but other hobbies that I've kind of gotten into, and I'll I'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, keeping with the hobby stuff, uh, what else did I do? Ooh. I mean, I guess I could say now, since it's kind of been released in the U.S., but I did get myself a a Neo Evo way Mm. ahead of the U.S. market. I'm not going to say how I got it, but yeah, I, uh, you know. Did get one, um, same time that so it was you, released in Germany. And, um, Do you notice a difference? hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, okay. Uh, let's kind of go into that. I, I put the Neo in my 580 electric because that's my, how do I say it? My helicopter that I'm just very comfortable with that I don't mind crashing and I don't mind smacking, like. Flying, like, in a very smack attitude, you know, low and hard and and having fun with it. So I figured, uh, you know, that's the most comfortable heli for me. Let's put it on there. Uh, Right off the bat, I did the theta servos, and I set them to 760 at 500 hertz. I put the Neo on there, and I I got it all set up. And (laughs) my maiden was RCHO, Chill Out. And... uh, (laughs) <laughs> so I made it in there, which is kind of a weird place in Maine, right? Where helicopters go to die. And it was interesting because the tail felt really weird. And I couldn't put my finger on it. Like the tail rate and the cyclic rate felt disconnected. So like when I were to do like a stir, like a half pyramid move, the tail would move in a weird way that like my timing was 100% off. So like it just, the maneuver was just like, you know, like it just felt, looked weird and, and sounded weird. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And, and the tail would just kind of like almost have a mind of its own on the speed of it. Like it would be fast once and slow the other time and then fast again. And I'm like, I don't, something's weird with the tail. And I Ooh. landed it. I'm like, Diamani, come over here. <laughs> yeah, take this up real <laughs> quick. So, does something feel weird with the tail? He goes up, tail whip one way, tail whip the other way. It, it whipped like if the tail completely lost, like you lost it. And then it stopped. And it was like, oh, he landed. It was like, yeah, something's wrong with the tail. <laughs> <laughs> So, come fine next week. Let's fast forward to the week after. I, I go, I go to my local field and I'm like, all right, I put it up in the air. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? I'm pure, pirou- you know, just sitting there hovering, pirouetting left, pirouetting right. It looks fine. It feels fine. It kind of, you know, feels all right. And I start, you know, flying the helicopter down the flight line to my right from left to right or in front of me to my right. And I, you know, bank left to do a left hand turn and kind of come back around the, you know, the flight line. And all of a sudden the tail just 100% full on pirouette. <laughs> Ninja Star in the air, and I'm just like, Ooh. "Oh shit!" Throttle hold, come down, and, and I did break the landing gear in uh, one side frame. Not a big deal, but I'm like, "What the hell? What is going on with this Neo Evil? Like, this is not a good experience for my first time, you know, running the Neo." So okay, let's let's go back, let's check some stuff out, and I'm looking at the servals and it's kind of the servals aren't reacting right, and I'm not sure why. I'm like, okay, let me just try three thirty three hertz instead of. Uh, 760 at 500 on the cyclic. Fixed it the next weekend, flew. Everything felt fine. And now it did still feel a little weird with the tail, but it felt better. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, this this helicopter had some crashes. It's it's probably needs some maintenance. So, you know, and I've heard uh, other people in, in Europe having issues with the Neo Evo and vibrations. That's because it's supposed to have a different sensor and it's more sensitive to vibrations. So I'm like, okay. That might be my problem. Maybe it's getting some weird, you know, vibration and, and, you know, it's causing some weird issues with the gyro. So I overhauled the tail belt and the tail shaft and the hub and the tail spindle um, because that was from a Kraken on my raw. So, like, I, <laughs> I literally had to take the shaft that was longer and, like, put a new flat spot in and, you know, make it work, you know, when um, I need to replace that tail shaft uh, at Spring Fling or Fall Mold. No, Spring Fling the previous year. Uh, oh, when geez. I crashed it, <laughs> I crashed it right before I was supposed to do a, a drag race with Mark Fedorov, and I crashed it. So I was like, "Oh my god, I got to put this helicopter back together." So I put whatever parts I had, which I had a cracking parts, and I, I put some cracking parts to make it work. But anyways, fast forward now, I replaced the tail shaft with a real proper 580, you know, electric one, and, and got everything rebuilt on the tail. And now the helicopter is flying super smooth, and. Everything at seven, you know, 60 and 333 was flying good. I was like, talking to Bert. And Bert's like, dude, bro, there's no point running 333 hertz at 760. You have to run higher or, or might as well run 1520 at 333. You're going to get more resolution and, and performance that way. I was like, yeah, you're right. It makes sense. All right. Let me try. He's like, I've done, you know, 760, 500, 1000. It works. Do it. Just do it. I'm like, okay. The next time at the field, I put 500, and I guess with the vibration issues being resolved, it flew beautiful. Ooh. It flew three packs, no problem. flew no problem, like no buzzing noise, no weird thing, no, you know, no issue to tail Rotation left and right felt even. Everything felt 100%. So, of course, you know, what do I do the following weekend? I take the Neo off there and I put it on my RAW 700. <laughs> because now, let's see what this Neo goes on the flagship helicopter of Goblin, right? Of Goblin Helicopter, so. And this Goblin, like, you know, I have it set up, 23-tooth 23 23-tooth 23 pinion or pulley. I run it, I don't run it crazy high head speed, like, probably around 2100, 20, 2050 it's the high end, you know. I do have a bank three that I set for, like, 2300 just to, like, kick it up to see what that looks like or feels like, but uh I never fly in it. My, normally I fly in 1900, and the Neo Evo, okay, here's here's the, 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 the meat and potatoes of it. The feeling of the Evo feels way different. The Cyclic feels way different. I'm so used to the Evo. I'm so used to the, the settings I have. And just to kind of go over my settings for people who want to know, I run 110 on the agility. I run 70 on the style. I run 10% Expo on the Cyclic. I leave the tail at 150% Expo on the tail. And that's what V-Bar sets. That's what I leave but the cyclic is what I, what I usually tune. And I usually, I think I tune my eye gain a little bit up too sometimes. But every single helicopter I fly the Neo feels the same, but with the Evo, it feels way different. Something oh. about it feels different. And, you know, if I have to put my, like if I had to describe it, the cyclic feels different. The way the cyclic moves and reacts feels different to me. Better or worse? I don't know. <laughs> okay.
3: It's, you know, it's think different. about
0: it. Like I've, I've flown the V-Bar Evo, not the Evo, the normal V-Bar for, I don't know, two years, three years maybe now at this point. So mm-hmm. like I am so familiar with that system. I'm super familiar with the way V-Bars fly. Like that I, it doesn't even matter the helicopter. You give me a V-Bar, you know, a helicopter with a V-Bar in it and I can tune my things and I can fly it the way I fly my helicopters. Like it'll feel pretty much the same. And so, like, to then, like, you know, know that this is V-bar, this V-bar, there's my same controller that I'm, I'm touching, but, like, it feels different. It feels smoother. I mm. feel more... <sighs> I, I don't want to say I feel more in tune with it because I don't think I am. I just feel more... Like, it just feels smoother and faster. That's just so weird to describe. I can't... It's like a feeling description, you know? So it's really hard to describe, like, If someone told me what's the feeling difference between a V-bar and an Icon, I can't really tell you it. Like, you know, like they feel different, but I can't put my finger on why they feel different. It's just, you know, the, the amount of internal expo it puts in there, the, the, you know, because everything has rates, no matter what numbers you put in there, there's some default numbers in, in the calculations. Right. And those default numbers are all a little bit different. And, and this one is definitely different. Yeah. I don't think it's in a, bad way at all i just think it's something where you have to get used to it and i think the more time i put into it like i've only had about a i want to say like seven or eight flights on the evo so i'm not an expert in any way of the characteristics or the feeling of it but in my general initial impressions the cyclic feels way different it just feels smoother and faster if that makes Hmm.
2: any sense yeah yeah Cool, you know, I've had the opportunity to fly a lot of different flybarlesses over the years too, mm-hmm. and unlike Javier, I've had actually good experiences with most of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, and in my opinion, there's not really any bad flybarless unit out mm-hmm. there, really. Yeah, agreed. And, but, I would agree that every single one of them, they all have their own different feel, and you're right; it's hard to describe. Yeah. It's really difficult to describe how the the differences. Like, you know, I flew Skookum for years. flew mm-hmm. them, I loved them, great. But my first fly barless ever was a an original Mini V bar, and I loved that thing. and And I was actually quite happy to move back to to V bar once uh, Skookum stopped supporting their their hobby customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. It was and you're right, there's just a different feel between these. So it's kinda interesting listening to what you try and describe with the the, the evo then is you know, how it's just it's not bad or not good, it's just different. Yeah. That's like it's a all new system kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And but I think so, what the best part of Bob Mikado and their whole thing with the Evo line is that it's different but it's so familiar. Like you know yeah. the settings, you know like the, the numbers, you know what the style number does, and you know you know like you know what to adjust to get the helicopter to feel like for the helicopter to get adjusted, right? Like to tune the helicopter, you know what? Like if you've owned a V bar for a year and flown a year straight with the V bar, you pretty much know how to do the basic tuning, right? Like speed up yeah. the agility, turn the gains yeah. up and down, and maybe play with the pitch pump and play with you know things like um, lightness and things like that, whatever for small yeah. helis. But yeah. So, you know, like, the interface is all there. It's so all, you know it, but it just feels different. And, like, I don't know mm-hmm. how to tune. Like, I don't know if I want to tune it out or just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to fly it the way it is. Like, I have my numbers mm-hmm. in there. Let me fly it. I'll get used to it. And then I'll know when I switch back and forth, like, oh, yeah, this definitely feels different, right? Like, I'll, I'll maybe yeah. be able to put a, a better, you know, point on it and, and describe it better.
2: Yeah. Hmm, that's cool.
1: But um. let's so, see. Mm-hmm. Do you have two of the same airframe? What, the orange raw or... Uh, no, uh, no uh, I of mean, any? To, of any just to, you know, to put an EVO on one and a regular one on another and fly no, on the I same No, I don't. Day.
0: So, like, if you go down my... I mean, I could go down my helicopter fleet lineup right now. So go for my it. Cur- my current fleet is obviously all Goblin. Um, well, I do have an NX-4, so I do have a Gawi there. But, um, oh, and I do also have an Align 500 old uh, Mike Longo's 500. Uh, rest in peace, Mike. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have a, let's see here, Raw Nitro 700, a Puma, a Orange Schema Raw 700, Then I have my Black Thunder. I have a 580 Nitro, 580 Electric, also have a Raw 700 HD Nitro, so Dan Renane's kit, and then a 420 and... It said my 580 nitro and electric, right? Yeah, those two. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Really, really the the main a lot of a lot of goblins, main goblin lineup. I do like I said, I have that Align 500, which was Mike Longo's that uh that I you know me and uh, Rob McCullin kind of dispersed and shared out all of his helis after he passed, and then um that NX4. I bought an NX4 a couple of years ago. Uh, I wanted a backyard nitro it has a 37 in it. I've never put a neo on it. Like I've never flown it. It's like oh, sitting really? there, I bought, I, bought, like, I bought extra side frames and like a new clutch stack, because the clutch was, uh, I know when the, the guy I bought it from, James, when he was flying in, he was like, yeah, the clutch is a little, it grabs a little bit higher, or, or no, did it just grab? I think it was like locked or something. So I, I was like, okay, let me buy some parts, I'll work on it, and I'll have some kind of backyard nitro. I
2: never did it. Setting <laughs> on my wall. Send it to Ian for parts. Shoot, <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> that guy's sister wrenching too much. He doesn't need any more helices to wrench on. He needs to go fly. You got
2: and that right. You yeah. got that right. <laughs>
0: uh, let's see, what else have I been up to? Uh, don't want to drag too long, but uh, more recently, I've been helping out a lot with uh, Theta Team, Theta USA. So I, I guess in the interim, or I don't know if it's officially been announced, but I've been the team manager for Theta Servos. No. oh cool yeah it's been cool i've been helping out the team building the team up and just trying to help with the the social media aspect and just kind of you know help out here and there um i've actually been so theta released a new programming box their server programming box sb1 spb1 and yeah we released it with no instructions so, <laughs> so i'm trying to help out real quick and and uh you know get like a quick start guide real quick and uh you know get something out there but uh yeah, it's uh, it's been really cool working, you know, helping out with the Theta team and just kind of help build that brand up in the U.S. And it's got me really close working with Burt, which is cool. Um, Bert's the U.S. distributor. So uh, he started Theta USA um, website and the whole like brought in the whole brand and, you know, into the country kind of deal. I mean, obviously Theta was here before, but, uh, you know, he kind of made it more official. So, you know, he's been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. So Bert's really been... Uh, I think one of the key people behind the Theta brand as well. So
3: just want to give that
0: shout out to him. Yeah. Beyond, beyond that Nitro, I want to just say that for Javier Nitro. You want
1: me to step out?
0: Yeah, no Nitro. Um, and I, I I bought two cases of Nitro that are getting delivered to me tomorrow at Spring Springflank. Oh, I guess that's more recently. I've been, I I went to Spring Springflank today.
1: That's your home field, right?
0: No, not my home field. I mean, it was last year. I was a member there last year, but I didn't renew this year just because uh, it's about an hour and a half away. and to go out there, it's like you either have to make it a full day or for me to like go out there for a couple hours, like it ends up still being a full day, you know, like yeah. the three hours, um, it ends up being driving back and forth. So um, yeah I found a local club that's only 20 minutes away, and I go there every weekend to fly there. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's not too bad, you know I, today. Uh, I went there just for the day. I could come home and, and you know, get the kids fed. And, and you know, I got invited to the show. So I wanted to come and make sure I could get onto to this. So, cool.
2: We appreciate it. Yeah. I
0: yeah, know. It was fun. But, yeah, but- I can't wait. Tomorrow's going to be rain and sh- a shit show there. But Saturday <laughs> should be fantastic. The weather's going to break. That is going to be a nice day. And uh, I hope to see some good flying. But it's been great. It was just alone just seeing everyone. Including Frank Mornarino. I don't know yeah. why. Yes. yes, he's there. He's, yes. He sent
1: his picture driving over there. So, I know.
0: Yeah. I got to give Frank a little bit of shit. It's like, dude, I just, wait, I'm going home so I could do your show. What are you doing here? <laughs> are, you, are you doing a show from here? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I he should have. I don't know why he didn't, but oh well.
0: Eh, he's, the weather's... T- Today's actually a good weather day. so I bet they're flying right now.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And doing, doing some good night flying, I'm sure.
0: So, yeah, it was great to see everyone uh, that I haven't seen in, in a long time from like the up North folks uh, and Goodrow and, and Mike and Greg Barbuto and just all the folks I used to hang out with up in the North. So yeah, it's definitely good to see everyone. Um, the Planker. Yeah. Mike Janeiro, he came down too. Oh, it was, nice. Yeah.
2: So it's good to see him. I thought yeah. he was out of the country still.
0: No, no, he was in Ireland. Yeah, he went over yeah. to, to Dublin and and Glasgow and all over there. He did a whole bunch of stuff there, and now he's back. I think he said he was back about a week or so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Awesome stuff. Cool. But yeah, beyond that, I've been doing my other hobbies. Yeah, i formed... I've always had the Miata hobby, right? The Mr. Miata stuff, but... Uh, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah, well, the Miata is up and running. I... So I've kind of broken up what I want to do with the car in different phases, and the phase one is done, which means like the engine's rebuilt, the car's running, I got it insured and it's registered, and I mean you know technically legally able to drive it on the street, even though it's gutted and it's a race car, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know harness seats and stuff and racing seats, bucket seats. It's not like there's no regular seat belts or airbags or nothing. <laughs> but hey, it's cool. I got my antique plates because the car is 25 plus years old. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. So the next thing is antique I'm gonna plates on a race car. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture. I'll I'll post it in the Discord. Though it's funny. It's uh yeah, antique plates on the on a Miata that you know has a roll roll bar and, and the interior is yep. all painted white and everything. it's a race car.
2: so it's pretty cool. <laughs> Did it, have you taken
0: the kids for a ride in it yet? No, I just recently bolted in the passenger seat and got the, the racing harness in for it, so I okay. can now take them for a ride, but uh, I still want to get a couple of things like the alignment done, and, and you know, and, and I do need to get an oil, another oil change done, because I still have the brake
2: fluid, uh, the brake oil. Okay. So, yeah, I want to get a couple of more were, things done, and then, uh, yeah. Because I saw you're having, what was it, transmission problems, or was it clutch problems that you're having?
0: Yeah. So originally I installed a clutch on there and, and when I did the work, I had the engine and transmission out. So super simple, right? Like you, yeah. you know, put the clutch on, bolt it in you, you know, take the big transmission, you know, mount it right on and bolt it and That's it. And then you slide the whole thing in. Now I moved the car down to Virginia when I, you know, this was all done in Jersey. Um, I didn't want to do it in jack stands where like I take the transmission off the engine and like let the engine, the transmission fall on my lap and my, you know, chest and like then roll out of it from underneath jack stands. Like I'm, you know, I'm 43 years old. I'm too old to work on the car on my back like that. So I was like, okay, let me just bring it to a transmission shop and have someone fix it for me. Right. Come find out the pressure plate that I put in there. I got something from eBay and it wasn't the right one. It fit. But it wasn't the right depth. Uh, so my, my um, throttle bearing, my clutch uh, fork would never push out the clutch and to disengage it all the way because it was too far.
2: Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. So it was completely wrong. They put an OEM clutch back in and everything was perfectly fine from there. So, you know. Nice. But of course, I told him, don't drive the car. You know, Uh-oh. do your test on the do your test on the jack, like on the on your lift. Don't don't drive the car. You know, no, nothing's mounted. The seat's not mounted. Like I don't, you know, like nothing's mounted. Don't drive the car. I towed it there. There's a reason why I towed it there. Don't drive the car. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay. I guess they forgot. And they test drove the car and the freaking hood wasn't latched, so the hood popped up and didn't <laughs> I was lucky. It didn't smash the windshield. Oh, 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 oh man. But it, the hood bent. And got deformed, and the, the hood latches all got deformed, obviously, from it bending up like that at speed oh. or whatever they were doing, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. why are they calling me? Like, the, the class job might take, like, a week the most. Like, a week and a half goes by. I'm like, why aren't they calling me? And then I call them. They're like, yeah, sorry, man. I've been trying to call you, but, uh, you know, well, we kind of messed up your car. I'm like, what, what'd you do? <laughs> I went there. I'm like, what the fuck? How do you mess up oh. my hood? like, like that was like the only part of the car that like I wrapped and was nice looking. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, you, wrecked, you like wrecked the only nice part of the car. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah, but you know, they took a whatever. I found a hood for hundred bucks. They took hundred bucks off the bill, and, and you know, we squared away, and everything was fine. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, the cars are up and running, and yeah, it's been it's been good stuff. So yeah, phase two's coming, turbo. Uh, I'm going to get the alignment done and then I'm going to turbo it. <laughs> so have, have you taken I, it to a track yet? No, I haven't. I, I have a couple of things I want to do before I can, I feel deem it's ready for track because I want to drift okay. it. So I don't want to do like regular yeah. track, right? So one of the things I noticed trying to street drift it a little is that I have an open diff. So, oh
2: yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. So I got to drop the, the pumpkin and I'm going to open it up and weld it. So yeah. I'll do a welded diff and put that back up. So there's like that, an alignment, the oil change, you know, little maintenance things I want to get done before I like go look for uh, an event to sign up. And I kind of want to learn to do it first, a little bit on like a parking lot, you know, like mm-hmm. do donuts in a parking lot to learn before like I waste people's time me trying to drift on a track and spin out all the time because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, you know, because <laughs> I yeah. never practiced well, it outside of it. So
2: is there not a club nearby that can you could join to go and? On- you know get practice on something like that and then I get some of those guys to actually sh- help you out and show you how to do it a little better um
0: i've yet to find like a club club you know there's like okay.
2: drift events that
0: that they do and i'm sure like same guys in the general area go there over and over again so like i just need to go and meet people and i'm sure i can get introduced to folks that that know obviously how to do this and can yeah. kind of guide me and and help me but um you know, I just want to make sure my car is ready to that point where, like, I'm not going to be going trying to go and drift. And it's like, dude, you have an open diff. You're never going to be able to drift that. Like, you yeah. know, you're going to have to commit at like 70 miles per hour and pull that e brake and commit because you're not going to be able to hold a slide with an open diff. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to make sure the car is at least you know where it needs to be to, to for me to learn properly.
3: Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that's good.
3: Got to have another rock. Huh? What about
2: the shooting? It too doing a lot of shooting still or not? Yeah. So yeah, I got into to uh,
0: you know USPSA and some steel steel match challenge. Uh, so competition shooting. Uh, you know, pew, 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 fun stuff. Uh, yes. Which kind of got me into buying a lot of guns. <laughs> uh Oh, <laughs> you know, I went from like one Sig to owning three Sig's. Owning, you know, one AR to owning an AR and an AR pistol. And now I own uh, this little, it it looks like a a UMP-45. I don't know. It's like a little submachine gun looking thing. (laughs) They call it a PCC, a pistol caliber carbine. But when you look at it, like, it looks like a submachine gun, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's semi-automatic and everything, but it just, it looks cool. I just don't like, I like the way these things look. And they're fun to shoot at these competitions, you know, shooting steel targets and stuff is fun. Cool. Yeah. But a yeah, that? a lot of hobbies. Oh, well, on top of so, like you know, when I used to do the the okay, RC hobby podcast, Miata hobby, mm-hmm. right? I learned to weld. And I learned to do other things like that, right? And now, yeah, yeah. Uh, now guns. Well, I, I'm I'm learning to reload right <laughs> on ammo, <laughs> right? Like it just doesn't stop. It's like you do one hobby and yep. there's like a sub hobby within it that like kind of gets formed yep. from it. So I
2: don't know but yeah. yeah, I thought that was interesting. Well, you know, like one of my other sub hobbies is is fishing, right? Mm-hmm. And I do fly fishing specifically as much nice. as possible. Do and you make your somebody. own flies and stuff? Well, and that's exactly what I'm getting mm-hmm. to. So, yeah, yeah, I've been doing a whole lot of fly tying lately. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that's just a skill and it's art form, you know, to make those flies oh, look the yeah. way they look. Yeah, very much so. Well, anyways, cool.
1: Well, Javier, do we move on to the main topic? Yes, yes. Uh, let's move on to the main topic. So, um, so basically, you know, coming from, you know, we're all from um, frigid win- winterlands, right? Uh, yes. There's there's a time in the year where I know, Steve, that you probably fly more than most of us in, in, in the cold. But you still, you know, significantly reduce the amount of flying, right, that you do during the winter. Yes. And, um and uh, we would like to talk about you know what uh, what do we do when we come back from that place right from uh, you know the the helicopters have probably not being uh, not been used for a long time or not been used at all for a long time um or mildly used and if used probably you know on cold weather which is a little bit different um also the mindset you know um do you do you keep on trying to Keep up with your skills with the simulator, with like a small helicopter, uh, with something, you know, what happens during, during winter and how do you go back to real flying when the cold, when the cold weather goes away and the warm weather goes back? So um, what are your thoughts on that? So um, Darren, you're the one that's the coldest, I think, of all of all of us. So uh, why don't you get us started with that?
2: Well, to be honest, I think you've had more snow and cold than I have this year. (laughs) But, you know, for me, one of the things that I actually learned years, a number of years ago is don't always, you know, I very often I'll pull a helicopter apart for winter maintenance. And, you know, just completely strip it down. I will often do that. But what I will do is also always keep one helicopter ready to fly just in case. Yes. because you get a nice winter day believe it or not even there's maybe several inches of snow on the ground if there's no wind and it's a nice sunny beautiful sunny day it can still be an awesome day for flying even if it's even if it's you know below freezing which uh you know for here in Canada you know I've I've gone down to about -10 minus -12 minus degrees Celsius as long as it's as long as it's nice and sunny and no wind it it's actually not all that bad on your fingers and whatnot and you can still have a great day of flying you might have to be a little more careful of plastic and stuff like that breaking but it still can be a good day of flying but i will i won't do as much flying then but at the same time i try to make sure i keep a helicopter always ready other than that uh, i am fortunate that i have indoor flying if anybody has a spot where they can do interf- indoor flying, I would definitely encourage people to do that. Because in my opinion, it's also a lot more fun than, than the sim. Oh, 100%. And Real life yeah, flying is way better. S-
1: exactly. You're still
2: getting together with your buddies, and you're hanging yeah. out, and it's like a day at the indoor field rather than an outdoor field. And yes, it's not as good as flying a 700. I will be the very first to say that. But it does still help. As far as actually getting back into it and whatnot, other than that, as- I don't really feel like I really need to do a whole lot because typically I'm trying to go and do the winter maintenance on one helicopter at a time and I won't start the other helicopter until I have the first helicopter done. I mean, I've got several months to do it. Right. So, and yeah, other than that, I think that's probably it. And then it's just a matter of, you know, I think one of the things that we can do as far as when we actually get to the field. Is do like what Steve, you're recommending to Javier to do with the 700 is when I get back, when we do start getting back to the field after winter maintenance and stripping down, things like that. I'll, for one, I'll take it easy on the first few flights, mm-hmm. but also before I even do those flights, I'll get somebody else to go and check over my helicopters too, just to make sure I haven't forgotten something when I did that winter maintenance. And Especially if you're doing sure it over like a month. Done. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. Exactly. So, what about you, Steve?
0: So, so first thing I did is I moved away from the cold. <laughs> I moved to Virginia, so <laughs> yeah. I moved further I down the did too. Actually, the, you know, further down the coastline here, um, trying to get to warmer weather. Now, I still get a winter, and I still get snow, and I still get cold weather and rain, and sh- you know, just really crappy days. Um, obviously, the days are also very short, so you can't fly past yeah. five o'clock. So what do I do? I mean, I don't really stop flying, though. That's the thing. Like, I slow down my flying. And kind of like you, right? You go to your indoor places probably like once a week, once every other week to go fly. Um, I I might go once every other week or once or twice a month to the field. And just kind of get my, like, filling in then. I think what ends up happening is, like, where I live is there's days that are like shitty and cold and windy and like, just you can't fly in. But even during the winter time, even in like January, February, there's days where it kind of gets to like that 50 degrees and you're like, well, 50 degrees and no wind and sunny. I can deal with like, that's yeah, yeah. perfect. Really? Like that's, yep. you know, like for guys, that's a perfect weather, you know, hoodie and you're good. Mm-hmm. Except for so, Havier. so yeah. So I've, I've been lucky that I've had those days where like, I never really took a winter break per se. I just kind of slowed down my flying. And paste it out um, over the winter because just kind of, yeah, pacing it out really. <laughs> For you guys up north though, now I remember the days when I was in, in Jersey and I, you know, I was having kind of to be like, you're crazy, but like I'll go and go to the field and flying in a blizzard, like it'll be snow, like fresh tracks in the, you know, to the field and because it'll be my <laughs> trucks, creating fresh tracks into the, the field. And I literally go there like with a shovel and shovel a little square that I can like, take a helicopter off and landing, you know? Done and that. often the the, the the little square pad, landing pad gets covered in snow, you know, when my flight's done because it's snowing and it's a blizzard, like it's stupid, I don't even know why I'm out there. But um, I used to do that, I used to fly and, and what I did was I would go fly, come back in my car, warm up, get my fingers going, get amped up again, because I'll be then, like, bored sitting in my car and you know like fuck it okay let's go back out and fly and you know and go out and fly and enjoy it again but it was kind of miserable uh, I do recall going to Neff in, in um, Ohio a couple times with Kevin and it's an indoor place I do not know how you fly a helicopter in an indoor place <laughs> once you get above eye level and the lights are now right behind a helicopter like the stadium lights they're usually really bright and they end up blinding me. Like I don't, and so like, you know, the times that I've crashed my Oxy three in the indoor places, because I flip it, it gets above my eye level. And then all I see is bright lights. (laughs) I'm like, holy shit, where's the helicopter? (laughs) You know, and Duke, it hits the ceiling and the wall, you know? Yep. So yeah, I don't know how you do it, but that's impressive that you can do that. But uh, yeah, I'd say just kind of start slow, get back out slowly. Um, Pace yourself. Don't rush it. Don't, you yes. know. If you could sim, that, you know, try simming. It's kind of interesting. The whole topic of sim came up today. Uh, I met Simone Zantier at, at uh, Spring And She was talking mm. with me and Joe Reyes about simming. And, and like, me and Joe both were like, oh, I can't sing. Like, I spent like two minutes, trying to do what I'm like, trying to learn, and it ends up being stick-banging and into the ground, reset, into the ground, reset, and, you know, like, it's just repeated that. And she's yeah. like, you should put some songs, not songs with melody so much, but, like, just, like, three-minute songs as timers, and, like, during that timer of those three, like, pick three songs like that, and, and those three t- um, songs just work on, like, three maneuvers. Each song, one maneuver, work on it constantly, that song ends, work on the next one don't pick songs that have too much rhythm where you get into like, I want to do TikToks in the rhythm, you know, because you end up getting sloppy. It's just, just something that could keep the time like a little bit slower music, I think she said. And that like, as soon as those three, three minute songs are up, that nine minutes, like then go do whatever you want. no not matter. But if you can do that each time, you'll get better and you'll learn those maneuvers because you'll put that, that time in, right? You'll put the dedication and focus in. And I think that's the most problem with people simming is that they lose focus on it after a couple of minutes, because it it feels fake, it feels like, you know, the perception is weird, the depth perception is wrong, you know, it's just not real life, so you just get bored of it, and you, you know, mess around, you don't learn anything at that point. So, I think yeah. it's kind of useful, use something to time you to stay focused.
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of similar to what Eric Bertram was talking about when he was on here for practicing as, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Something like that. So, um... Getting back to indoor there, I mean we're actually talking more about winter flying than we are about getting yeah. back into flying, but you know that's where I actually am quite fortunate We're in just a small little a elementary school or you know first uh small gymnasium, mm-hmm. and so there's no lights down on the sides like that the lights it's just basically fluorescent lights on the roof, but you know it's interesting yeah. one thing I think is actually good about indoor flying mm-hmm. is it teaches you to stay flying within your box. Because That's have very to stay hard in the to. box. Yes, yeah, right. Uh-huh, you have to stay in that box, even with an airplane. Like I've flown yep. an
0: airplane in like a little basketball gym. It's hard. <laughs> like, yep, in a small, tight space, you're just constantly turning, constantly going. You know.
2: Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it really does teach you to go and stay within that box. And yeah, it, which means you have I to stay ahead of your helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. much so. We there's a number of years ago, uh, somebody else local. He he was able to go and get permission to fly inside of one of these massive buildings that they used to build ships in. Wow. Okay. And he worked for C-SPAN and C-SPAN had these big massive buildings where they build some of their ships in. So we're talking a huge building, but you know, it's interesting what you're talking about with not being able to see the helicopter with lights and whatnot. It was Mm -hmm. actually quite bright in that, in that building. Yeah. But at the same time, it was dark. Like they had a lot of lights mm-hmm. and everything was good, but the background was just some sort of a weird blah grayish yeah. background, and you lost your heli in there really easy. And it was actually big enough to fly a six hundred size helicopter inside this be- place. Wow. Okay. This place was massive. Yeah. And one guy did bring a six hundred one night. And unfortunately, he crashed it. And it wasn't because the it was too small of a building. It was because of exactly that—that that background. Yeah, just despite that being so bright in the building, that background was so hard to see your helicopter against that he just ended up smacking it into the ground because he just lost his orientation. Yep. So it does happen with indoor. Definitely yeah, indoor flying is hard. It seems like yeah, it'd be easy, it is.
0: but I, one thing I do like about indoor is you're indoors, no bugs, yeah. no heat. Like temperature is regulated. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic
2: well actually our gym gets pretty cold actually but
0: <laughs> i'm okay with that though i'm okay with cold i just yeah. can't stand you know like too hot uh, yeah when it's too hot <laughs> you know and you're just standing there trying to fly and you're sweating Sweat coming down <laughs> your eyes and your sunglasses and everything your forehead it's like yeah. oh this sucks you know
2: yeah so but that's cool Javier, yeah what do you think uh well i'm a little bit
1: different um i uh i i don't do any indoor flying well I kind of do, but I'll, I'll explain that. Um, I'm not, I don't do any like actual gym, uh, well, you know, kind of like an event, you know, where you get actually together to, with people and fly at a specific location and, and, uh, go for, a for, you know, like, a, like an, like an actual day out of the field. Right. Um, I don't do that. I've tried other years to do sim and it, kind of worked you know i i did i did feel like um like simming did help but uh but this year i tried something a little bit different and i have to see i have to yet see if it worked or not because i haven't i haven't really flown so i i tried to do the uh with the nano s2 i tried to do something in my basement to try to as you said there you know kind of like trying to fly myself within a box and try to fly in a more controlled manner. So what I tried to do, <clears throat> which at the end I was mildly successful, uh, but I but I I stopped. Um, it was basically you know take up the helicopter, you know a little Nano S two on my on 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 my living room at the basement, and um, just fly in a square. <clears throat> so keeping the same orientation. So if uh, you know keeping the helicopter always nose in fly a full square through all of the all of the living room then fly the same square but on the other direction then turn to the next orientation you know tail in do the same thing then flip it upside down and you know do nose in. same thing and then do uh, tail in same thing then do side orientations. so left left uh, you know nose left uh you know square the other way knows right you know it's a lot of 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 different variations but it kind of teaches you you know your basic orientations right so uh, it was you know my way to try to retrain my orientations because you know i'm probably like most pilots that you know once you think you have the hang of something you start just doing it you know kind of like in the sims just try to have fun right and you just try to, you know, it looks cool. So let's do it again and let's do it again. So, you know, instead of doing something methodically and trying to progress, just, just trying to, do, you know, do things, do the helicopter, do fun things, right? Do weird noises and move, move in, in, you know, in fun ways. So what I tried to do is to, um, do, you know, take a more structured approach. Um, by the end, you know, it was, I just had, uh, you know, a few weeks doing it. Uh, At the beginning, I just crashed and crashed and crashed and crashed. You know, thankfully, that helicopter is almost invincible. I did manage to break it, but only after, you know, dozens of crashes. I did fix it and I did try again. And um, by the end of it, I was actually able to do that uh, relatively confidently. Um, so, So, you know, that's what I did to try to get me out of the winter blues. Um, I didn't do any building, you know. I was saving up, and I did my building until recently. What I did do, um, you know, was try to keep up my batteries. What I try to do every month or so, just put them on the charger on the storage char- on the storage program, just to make sure that they're nice and and uh, and balanced. You know, my 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 basement is cold, so batteries, you know, maintain themselves very well. So I don't have that much of an issue, but it's just kind of like OCD just to try to get that thing to, you know, those batteries to to last me longer. But but I have yet to see, you know, I have yet to go out there and see if uh, if what I did actually produced any results. So that's what I try to do. I try to do, you know, a lot of people do maintenance and, and things. Okay. And I do a little bit of that, but not as much. Um, you know, most of my maintenance comes out for crashes. So I don't do a lot of maintenance because I don't fly consistently, you know, as many flights on a heli. uh, So I don't really feel that there's like a a lot of need for that. So I mostly just try to see if I can make use of the time to progress somehow. You know, on previous years, it was the sim. And on this past winter, it was that little routine with the Nano S2, which I don't know, you know, it seemed to help, but you know, again, I haven't really tried it. It was definitely much more, uh, interesting, I could say, than, you know, of course, flying the scene because it's something real and you actually fear, you know, crashing into a wall and into in one of those, you know, breaking something. Um, so it's, yeah. uh, you know, there's a little bit more of adrenaline into into it, you know, even if it's a small heli, but it's, you know, something real. Right. Yeah. So it, it helps. It helps. Um, it helps so, a little bit, but uh, but I don't know if it actually will make me improve. You want right. me to tell you my um, opinion? Yeah, a hundred percent it's going to make you improve.
2: Yeah, I agree. So
0: I I I, I spoke about this on my on my podcast probably a, a little while ago when I when I started getting with the local two hundred, the M two, the S two, all those small little helicopters where I flew in my backyard a lot. Um, during that time. Flying in a, first of all, like you were saying, Darren, um, flying in a box. And then second of all, I didn't, I didn't do what you did, Javier, because if something bores me, I'm not going to do it. And doing what you did would bore me to try to do that. Like, that's why I could never do F3C. Like, I, could, I never dedicated my time to do it. But, um, so what I ended up doing is I just ended up flying my flight. But I did it in a small box, really fast and really aggressive with that small helicopter. And what that taught me was making quick corrections and also like uh, just, just hand eye coordination. Like I just, I end up being quicker that when I fly a 700, it's like, holy shit, this thing's slow. <laughs> like I can yeah. think about what I need to do. But that's not, that's near here and there. The point I want to make that you're, you're what you're doing is, You're taking the time and you're breaking it down to what you want to learn and you're learning it and you're pushing Mm -hmm. yourself and you're getting comfortable. Now, as long as you don't get uncomfortable doing the same thing because it's a bigger heli, you 100% be more comfortable and like be better a pilot
1: the next time you go fly. Just because you were working on these basics.
2: Yeah, I agree. I very yeah. much
1: agree. Yeah, that's 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 my my hope as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that that but, was the theory behind it to uh you know to to really try to improve on on those things to to fly a little bit more me controlling the heli instead of the heli controlling me or trying to just avoid a crash, right? Um okay. that was that was kind of like the the intent because I I do feel like um you know I do have control of the helicopter but when I want to do something different, you know like you know fly uh, uh, block. you know inverted backwards you know it feels really uncomfortable uh, mm-hmm. but when i do it on the same or when i do it in this little nano s2 you know feels very comfortable so i yeah. just want to jump that barrier to just make everything feel comfortable and i still have the um, the the little itch that i'm not doing something right with tuning you know i think that i'm i may be sti- still missing something with tuning because Definitely, my real feel of the helicopters is, like, too far apart, right? You know, the big helicopters is too far apart from, from, from what I can do in the sim. And yeah, um, no, but
0: you can't compare the sim to real-life helicopters because the sim doesn't have the same physics as real life. Like, they try to yeah. mimic it, but it won't ever be the same. And unless you know how to adjust, like, the gravity and everything of, like, the feel of the helicopter, it's going to be very hard to get that one-to-one feel. I yes. think you worry less about trying to get your, your real-life helicopters to fly like your sim helicopter, because they never will. Yep. Just get the muscle memory, where you can just do the maneuver without thinking about it with your mm-hmm. thumbs, And then you go to the real ones, and you're like, oh, well, that didn't work out right, but why didn't it work out right? Oh, wait, I need to get more aileron because the rates are slower in your real life than it is in the sim, right, or something. And you adjust, and then you master it on the real life. That's why if you ever hear people tell you about simming and when you learn a maneuver, as long as you get it without crashing, try it in real life. Transition it yeah. right to real life. Don't sit there and perfect it on a sim because when you get to a real life helicopter, you will struggle perfecting it on there because you've now locked yourself in that this is the way it has to be. And that's not
2: right, the way yeah. it's going to be in real life. One hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. 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 You're right. You know, something something else that I found too with our indoor you know, because it's just a, it's just an elementary school gymnasium and it's got lines all over the place too. It's mm. got lines for basketball court, Rough lines is, for yeah. volleyball courts, lines for mm. all kinds of things. So what I actually very often do is I'll actually purposely try and, you know, I'll fly right close to the ground and purposely try and follow those lines just uh-huh. to try and improve. And, you know, like Javier, like what you were saying, you're trying to make it so that you are controlling helicopter right. rather than just reacting to what it's doing. And, yeah. It's And that to me has helped me with my precision flying quite a bit, especially, uh, you know, and it's not always the popular one is my scale flying. Trying to go and actually be very precise, keeping my elevation the same, following those lines exactly right has helped massively on my scale flying. And it's also helped even with my 3D flying too, with just trying to make sure that I'm precise and putting that helicopter where I want it to be every time. Yeah. You know,
0: when people talk about precision and, and flying, when I fly, I know where I'm not precise. <laughs> and I know yes. where my mistakes come from. And, and, you know, come think about it. All my mistakes come from that left stick. That, that <laughs> collective. As soon as you start moving that collective too much or at the wrong time, that's when your helicopter yeah. goes weird.
2: Yeah. You can sit there You're
0: and right. uh, with the 700, especially, and you'll, Javier, you'll realize this as you fly. To float on a 700, sometimes you don't even have to give collective to flip it. And like, you know, if you're giving elevator, elevator or aileron, it'll create lift because it's such a big blade. And when it creates lift, you don't even need elevator. Like, you know, half the pirouetting or half Mobius flips and, you know, these things, like I'm never leaving mid-stick. It's always there. It just sits there. And, And it's interesting that like, you know, whenever I freak out or whenever a helicopter scares me, it's usually when the collective scares me. And that's because I don't place the helicopter where I want it because I hit the collective at the wrong time or too much and it goes where it's not supposed to go.
2: Yeah, and that's where get reminds me back to what we're ta- you're talking about too with the sim versus real life. You know, mm-hmm. a 700 helicopter flies different than a 600 helicopter, which flies different than a 500, which flies different than a 450 and so on and so forth. Yeah, then, my 580, you know, with
0: 580 versus 600 blades fly completely different
2: yeah like, exactly and just, you know whatever and 20 you yeah and you're not ever going to get them to fly exactly the same you'll fly you can get them to fly fairly close close but yeah. you're not gonna ever get them to fly exactly the same you'll get the rates and close and that's, that's that's where your muscle memory yeah. is right
0: like this is how it yeah how much stick movement it takes to do a half pyro to move that tail up and around this is how much stick movement i need now when you go to real yeah. life you'll notice oh my rudder is either too fast too slow or my cycle yeah. is too fast too slow You compensate, you learn it, you master it on that helicopter. Because that's what we all want to do, right? Like, no one wants to be like, oh, I'm the best simmer. Like, no one wants to grow up and like, (laughs) I want to be really good at simming. They want to be good at flying helicopters outside in real life. They want to be the Kyle uh, Stacey's, you know, Jamie Robinson's, and you know, all the crazy good pilots, right? Like, and to do that, you got to just do it in real life, man. Learn a little bit in the sim, take it out to the real world and and do it then. You know, master it there yeah yeah for sure
2: but getting back to what the actual topic was (laughs) what you're talking about with batteries actually is probably a good i think is a good thing to think about too is to you know do it is a good idea to check your batteries every once in a while and make sure they're especially if you got the airplane the helicopter down for maintenance or something like that you know to keep an eye on those batteries and you know steve like what you're saying is you're not flying as often and it's the same thing for me too in the winter time mm-hmm. you know here where i am now i kind of did the same as you is left the snow and where i am now it's i do get it's more rain than than snow where i get where nice. i'm now okay and yeah it, it's a miserable wet day forget it i ain't going flying no yeah. and so in the winter time you know we can get two, three, three weeks straight of just rain solid rain that's it but you'll get that and one
0: day, you get <laughs> that like one Thursday, and exactly. you're like, fuck, I'm taking today
2: off. Exactly. It's a weekday when I'm yeah. busy, stuck at work. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it, so it, it, the flying definitely does happen a lot less often. And so it is a good idea, I think, to keep an eye on your batteries. And it's not just mm-hmm. your helicopter batteries either. I think we need to also think about our transmitter batteries. Yeah. For those guys Any who are flying natural. Mm-hmm. your any receiver packs for nitro yeah yep. and and things like that too yeah, it's Scorpion a good idea to keep an eye on those and opti guards any of those battery version yeah you know, backup stuff yep exactly exactly and uh i think that's actually a really good one just to keep an eye on those things throughout the throughout yeah. the winter throughout the slow time kind of thing just to make sure that they're in good shape and whatnot mm-hmm. yeah that's
0: a good so, call out that'll that'll potentially save you from a lipo going bad you know potentially yep. like it one cell just going bad and eroding over time and you don't
2: notice it because you left it in the garage for, you know, six months. Yep. Right. So,
3: yeah. Yeah.
2: I've had a RC car battery suddenly because it was months before I, since I had used it, all of a sudden I hear this pop oh, in the, the room where I kept all the batteries. And fortunately it wasn't that it actually caught on fire. It was one of those hard case batteries. And the cell just, just started to just started to expand and puff, yeah, and it, it popped actually popped it, the case. The case, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it was because it was well. I think it actually was sitting fully charged for months on end. Not a good idea. I'm terrible with that stuff yeah i am too actually (laughs) i think i have batteries that are charged
0: like 12 s packs that i charged from last week or a week before i don't know (laughs) do as i say not as i do i know seriously that's my story with my kids i'm like just just do what i say don't don't look at what i'm doing right now but just do what i tell you to do (laughs) i was just so bad with all this shit maintenance and all this stuff i'm terrible Maintenance is a crash, right? Like, I'd rather have the helicopter crash, and then I'll maintain it.
2: Like, you know, I'll do maintenance on it. I don't want to take apart a perfectly good heli. (laughs) No. I have, like I say, I have pulled the helicopters apart during wintertime and whatnot, you know, because especially certain, like, you know, during a crash, there's a lot of bearings that you replace, but then also uh, there's also are times when you have certain bearings that almost never get touched. Even during a crash, right? Yeah. For, you know, belts, uh, belt uh, bearings that maybe the belt rides up against or something like that or torque tube bearings and stuff like that. Sure. That they never Idle get bearings. Who
0: touches that one? I've never touched my idler belt
2: bearings. Yeah. And wintertime is probably a good, t- good time to go and take a look at some of those too, right? But I still maintain, always try and keep at least one helicopter ready to fly at the last, you know, at a moment's notice kind yeah, of, even you know, if it's a just a small out. 450 or something like that, or, yeah, you know, your matter. 420 or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Just so you can get out and hey, it's a good time. I got a few minutes. I mean, you talk about dark at five o'clock. Well, it's dark at four o'clock here in oh, the wintertime. Yeah, so it's because we're much further north, right? And we and we discussed that with uh, Manny when we when he was on too in summertime. It yeah, stays did he get many lot, hours Light, light yeah. a lot later uh, right. in in the evenings in summer. Wasn't he say
0: something like ten or?
2: Yeah. Like oh 10 yeah. In su- midsummer. Yeah. Midsummer, it can be 10, and it's still light enough to fly. Oh, my God. So, you guys don't do any night flying at that point. <laughs> we do very, li- yeah, we don't do a whole lot of night flying, then. Yeah. There's not much of a need. So, but wintertime, it goes the opposite. Right. You know, it'll shut down three thirty, four o'clock. It's starting to get dark already. Yeah. Anything else?
0: I think that sounds it. like I mean, that's it. Yeah. Do your maintenance, obviously, right? That's good. Yeah. Maintenance, um Maintenance on batteries too. Maintenance on all yep. your stuff. Just check on them, right? Make sure everything's good.
2: You know, winter time is also a good time to go and make sure you got all the tools you need too. Got any broken tools? Yeah. Good time to go and hey, you know, maybe maybe it's a good time to buy yourself some uh, some new tools for the season. Yeah, it's also a good time to stock up yeah. on things too. Um, yeah, stock I know. up on parts too. Yeah, on
0: parts. Uh, recently, like uh, you know, some guy was selling fuel online, and and me and Frank kind of. Jumped in on that order and we would split the four cases the guy was selling, right? Like, that's oh, great. Yeah. You know, pick that, up a couple actually, cases of nitro.
2: I mean, I'm not a nitro guy either, but at the same time, that's yeah, this is a good time now, just before yeah. well, as the end of winter's come, go stock up on your nitro. Absolutely, yeah, nitro or fuel say, or whatever right? starters, whatever you are thinking yeah. you
0: might need, like parts and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah stock up on it. Because a lot of people too during the winter time they kind of get like. Oh, I think I'm going to take a break from this, right? And start selling some shit off and you know, you get some good deals. I got a a Sullivan Dynatron starter for 20 bucks at a swap meet. It's a $150 starter or $140 whatever it is, you know, for 20 bucks, brand new. Like, I never used it, you know? And it's like great time, like winter swap meets and stuff or like the springtime swap meets, you know, as the winter breaks.
2: Something else I just thought of too. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how suddenly it sneaks up on you. That, yeah. You know, the springtime, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, wait a minute. It's decent flying weather, and I haven't checked any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's That's never too late to it. actually mm-hmm. start keeping up and, and work on that. Because, you know, I've been stuck with that with, you know, even with a winter maintenance heli, too. You know, think, oh, yeah, I got lots of time to go and do the maintenance on that helicopter. And then all of a sudden, it's back in springtime, and it's getting, starting to get getting back to flying time. And you're like, uh-oh. Well, tell me about it. I actually finished putting that back same, together yet.
0: <laughs> same reason why I didn't bring my uh, raw 580 Nitro to spring flame this, uh, today Yeah, is because I, I haven't replaced a damn sensor because it's, you know, it's been sitting there and I'm like, oh man, I really want this heli for spring flame, but I'm like, oh, I'm not going to work on it. <laughs> I'm not going to rush it either. So. Yeah, it
2: sneaks up on you, doesn't yeah, it?
0: Yeah, it just snuck up completely up on me and I'm like, oh man, it's this weekend. Oh well, I got another heli, so, you know, it is yeah. what it is. But yeah, I really like, and it sucks because every at this event, there's like, I don't know, it just seems like every other person has a 580
2: night <laughs> show. I'm like,
0: where the hell's mine? I don't have mine flying. It sucks.
2: <laughs> so Steve's going to be up till three o'clock in the morning tomorrow. No, no, <laughs> Let's go work no. on that thing.
0: <laughs> I mean, tomorrow might get rained out. It might actually be the perfect time to work on a helicopter and then sa- be ready for Saturday. Shoot.
2: There you go. There you go. That. Yeah.
1: All right. Anyways.
2: Anyways anything else javier
1: i think that's uh i think that's it uh well the only other thing that almost beat me today was that you know i i wanted to do the final setup of the of the raw mm-hmm. and i uh brought out my pitch cage i turned it on and it beeped on me that it had no battery oh, man, <laughs> so, I that.
2: see that goes to my tools what i was talking about. yes
1: uh-huh. yes i had to run over to walmart and, and and get the batteries so uh nice so yeah don't do that kids Yeah, or just
0: do what I do. I buy, like, I go to Amazon and buy, like, every button battery I can find. LR44s, you know, 2032s, like, you know, 1632s. Like, you need all of them. Just get them.
2: Just get them. (laughs) Yes. Just stock up.
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, what is the batteries for the... Or like the what do you call it? The pitch gauges usually they're like that small LR forty fours, right?
1: That's LR forty four, yeah. No, okay. the, not the no, not for the pitch gauge. For the uh, for the pitch gauge, it's twenty thirty twos. For okay. the yes. Uh, yes. for the caliper, it's, The, uh, LR44. Yeah, the 40, caliper yes. is
2: the LR forty four. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's it. Got it. Although cool. I never use my calipers, anyways. But do you you don't use them. I've never. I almost never use calipers. Almost never. I just do them for links to get them like both equal the same. You know, See, like and I've never bothered. I just I eyeball them. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I'll put them on the table mm-hmm. and stack them right beside each other, yeah. and I can get them bang on pretty much every single time.
0: Yeah, but you get them banged onto each other, but do you get it banged on to what you're supposed to get on? Like yeah, very, but I never at look minimal. at that as
2: gospel. No, I never I look mean, at those numbers as gospel. So, I only look at those as a starting point. Every yes, exactly. Though right, the starting point. So like so if, if it's like fifty-eight really millimeters, worried. and you and yeah. you're like oh, I'm starting at sixty. You know, I I never I sort of estimate it. Interesting. Yeah,
0: I mean, at the end of the day, you once you get a pitch gauge and you do your swash leveling and everything, it's like
2: you're doing the work anyway. Right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I've never worried about calipers. It was funny. I you know was flying for seven or eight years, and uh, a friend of mine was couldn't believe it. He was he was fairly new in helicopters, and he's like you don't even have a pair of calipers at that time. I didn't even ha- own a pair of calipers. He's like, well, how do you build your helicopters? I'm like, well, just eyeball them and make, you know, get them all nice and even. He's like, well, how do you like, how can you do that without calipers? So he bought me a pair of calipers for Christmas. And <laughs> to be honest, the number of times that I've used those calipers, the batteries have gone dead <laughs> with, yeah. with them just sitting there. <laughs> so, yeah, I very seldom use calipers, but oh, well, so, anyways, just off topic. Yeah, that's
1: cool. Yep. Alrighty. So, I guess that's uh, that's it for today. I think it was a very good conversation, and uh, I want to thank Steve for joining us today, uh, getting out of his um, freefall hiatus and off the microphone, and uh, joining up today with us to share what he's been up to. So, um, seems like you've been pretty pretty busy. And uh, congratulations on you know being a team manager of Theta. So, um, you're definitely very busy in the hobby. So, uh, thanks for joining us, Steve.
2: No, thank you. Appreciate the offer and uh, taking the time. You know, having me on your show. It's been great. Good to hear. At least one of you guys is still flying. Yeah, I think actually Kevin's been flying more than even me. Has he really? I think Kevin's been flying the most out of the all
0: four of us. Wow, I, I haven't actually Kevin... seen him post much on Facebook about it. So, I'm, so that's yeah, it was he doesn't placed. post much on Facebook. But every like every Saturday or Sunday, he'll post. He'll send pictures to the group chat that we have, and he, he goes flying every weekend, pretty much. You know wow, that he's not working. Yeah, he flies more than I do, and definitely Wait, more than Andy and Ian. You say now that he's not working? No, no. Now that like he's working, or whatever. No, oh, he's still okay. working. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I think that like, like the the weekends that he's not working because he does like some oh, event okay. work for like judges and they're swearing and, and all this stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, it's good for him, man. Yeah, no, that's good. He's been flying the XL Power V two. Been really digging that, and nice. Been, and he has my raw that I, I don't know if he's made that yet, but he might have been. I think he's flown that too. So oh, yeah, and he's been flying both of those helis, I think, and enjoying it. So yeah, you guys should get Kevin on the show too. It'd be good to catch up with him. That yeah, I tried.
1: I tried, but uh, uh, like he was he was in the middle of a move right now. Oh yeah, yeah, he's so in Jersey right now. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, I tried. Moving. I tried him. So um. So yeah, but I, I also talked sold to Andy. Their house but, in um, Jersey.
2: Hmm? Did they finally sell their house in Jersey? I think it's either being sold or on the market, and I think
0: they're just like, let's move the wife down now, you know, and get all the rest wow. of her stuff so they can like really put up the house for sale and, and get it done.
2: Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's about time.
0: Seriously, yep. like two years?
2: <laughs> like yeah. It seems like a year and a half, two years she's been up
0: there by herself, pretty much. Oh. <sighs>
2: That's got to be rough being away from your wife and that I long. would say so. I'm single and I know, and I would say it would be rough to do yeah. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But
1: well, hopefully it's, well, thankfully he's actually getting done, that done. So that's good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, no, that's yeah. going to be great. Yep. Cool. All right. All right. So finally, uh, Steve, if someone wants to get in touch with you, you know, ask you a little bit more about your... um Little experiments with uh, Evo or, uh, you know, about Theta Servos or anything else, uh, how they can contact you. Best way would be Facebook. Sorry, Javier. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Are you saying that I, that's why I have so much trouble getting in touch with you? I think so. Yeah. No, Facebook is
0: pretty much the main thing. So message me on, on Facebook, Steve Yun Yun. Um, you'll see me, a picture of me and my wife, and then my, my profile pic, not profile, but the banner pictures of me holding a heli. So you'll know that's my profile. But yeah, friend me. Um, If you do friend me, I, you know, bear warning, if you don't have any helicopters in your profile picture, like not even one, I'm not going to accept your friend. request. I'm going to take a spam. So if you're not into helicopters, I might not friend you. I'm sorry. You know, message me. Tell me why to friend you. I don't know. Or don't. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. But yeah. Um, that or Instagram, I have my Instagram, uh, syun79, S-Y-U-N it's my Instagram handle, so you could reach out to me there. Um, I try to share the same content on Facebook and Instagram, for you Javier, but, you. Um, but when I do video, clips, and pictures, Instagram does not take that, it, it does not go, it doesn't share for some reason, and I think it's because it's mixed content and it can't handle it. So, so you do miss out on a couple things when I do videos and, and pictures together, but
1: yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Ah, oh, man. The day, you know, the day that I joined Facebook is probably the day that you guys will go back into Free Fall RC version 2 or something. Gosh, is that all it takes?
0: <laughs> Starting back up tomorrow! Come here, let's get a new Facebook account. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
1: Right. Well, Darren, and uh, if uh, someone wants to get in touch with you, how can they do that?
2: Well, you can try on Facebook, Darren Weens, spelled W-I-E-N-S, but I'll be honest, I am like incredibly slow on responding to Facebook messages because like Nick Maxwell, I do not have Facebook Messenger on my phone. So the only time I see Facebook Messenger messages is when I'm logged on via computer and that's not every day so i have taken weeks to respond to facebook messages to people and i apologize for that but yeah that's i'm a little bit old school that way hey i'm fi- almost 50 i'm old it'll be the best way really for me is at gmail at com. okay cool
0: uh, don't you guys and, have uh, a fi- gmail account for you guys like uh a skids up at gmail.com or something
2: um we do but nobody checks it.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't even have the password for it. I think I think that Paul was the one that checked it so. Uh,
0: how is Paul doing?
1: Have you guys heard from Paul? We do. Yeah, yeah? He's, we he's, do hear from he's, him. He's getting busy. Yeah, he he jumps uh, every so often in our group chat. Okay. But uh so we know that you know he's still uh, you know he's still around. Uh he's very busy. I think that he got a promotion or something. So he's yeah. uh He's he's very busy, um, and uh, you know, with the family and stuff, he's he's sure. focusing more into that yeah. right now. But yeah. uh, but I think that he's still flying. That's cool.
2: Yeah, that's he's to he's been talking of doing getting a little more into it, but he hasn't really yet. Mm-hmm. So awesome,
1: yeah, yeah. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he jumps uh, one day in.
0: So you should email skitsubv2@gmail.com, yeah. and. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I yeah. actually do have the password for that skids up email, but I haven't checked it in months. Uh yeah. Share it.
0: Just put it on your phones. It makes it easy. Like me, Andy, yeah. and Kevin, we all have it on our phones, so it's like you, any one of us can check it and help out. You know, so it's very easy to manage. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I have. And to be honest, you phone, don't get so you don't get a lot of emails. No, we <laughs> get like one or two a month at best. So, so yeah. yeah, it's not it's not yeah. a heavy lift. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. Probably we should do that. <laughs> Um, anyways. Uh, in, mm-hmm. in, anyways, in the meantime, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can send me an email via todiscoil at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, Javier Moreno, or todyscoil as handle. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube, which uh, you can actually get to me via tinyurl.com slash todyscoil. Or I think that the new at handles are now available on YouTube. So I think that you can reach out to me via at todyscoil, but I haven't really tested it. You can also uh leave us uh comments. Uh sometimes uh some people leave us comments on Podbean and I do try to reply to those even if late, but I do reply to every single one of them. And um uh, I think that's uh that's the other way, of course, not Facebook, because I'm not there, so don't even try. If you find if you find me there, that's not me. So I guess that's uh that's it for today. There's a fake Javier so, um, on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, Facebook. No, no, no. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Well, I did get to the seven hundred milestone, so you never know. I know. That's are exciting. you going to
0: urge it this year?
1: Uh, I, I, I was uh, planning on doing it, but I don't know if the finances will be able to to get to it. What happened is that my, you know, as I said, my my mom and my mother in law are coming, yeah, yeah. So of course, is that those that are time? The expenses. But oh, then, okay. no, we're going to have my wife's family coming over as well. And then their kids are going to stay for a little bit more than them. So um, it's not probably as much that they will collide in the in the actual dates, but that, you know, they've never been here. So we're going to do them, you know, the, the tour. Sure. And uh, we're going to be stuff. dining out a lot. So I'm I'm expecting to rack up a considerable uh, tab <laughs> from all those expenses. So I don't know yeah. if I'll be able to. Um, it, it was planned. But, uh, but I don't know. I'll, I'll have to see. But it's, it's, it's looking more difficult as time progresses.
2: Javier, if I'm going to be at Urcha, you had better be at Urcha. If you're going to be out at Urcha, I will promise I will do everything in my power to be there. And I am definitely... In fact, I was talking to somebody today about trying to see what way of maybe getting out to Urcha this year. So we'll so see. So how would you get out there? Would you just, like, ride drive out there with someone? Or would you fly? That that that's still to be to to be determined. I definitely, if I'm going, I want to bring a helicopter with me. Period. Yeah. Well, what's the drive like though? That's got to be like ridiculous. No, drive is about. I think it was like thirty-six hours straight. So there's no way I'd be able to do that in one one shot. Even in two days, days that'd be. I mean, like that's eighteen hours a day. Like that's a lot. Yeah, it would take you three. Yeah, at the very least, three days to do that. Yeah, most likely three days. So if I drive and then I spend do a week have there and then another three days back, oh, I do have access to a golf club case for flying. Yes. The, the uh, my company actually owns a, a single golf club plate case and I actually have used one before, uh, to, I to will ship you mine into. if you need
0: one. <laughs> I don't care.
2: So, you know. Yeah, my logo actually fits into it really nicely. Yeah, I might get my Spectre V2 in there. I'm not sure. Ha- I haven't you actually can do tried it that easily. one.
0: if it's a full but, size, uh, uh, if it's a full size golf case, it is single
2: then, golf case though.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, a single bag. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. be able to fit it. Yeah. You're gonna have so, to take the heads, skids off, and things like that. Yeah. But yeah,
2: it'll be manageable. Yeah, it, and it is an SKB case too. It's one of the oh, good nice. Ones. So, yeah, I do have, have, have access to that everything. if I need to. So. It, it, there is a possibility of flying. There is also a possibility of driving. I got a good friend of mine in Winnipeg, Manitoba, who has said, man, he would love to... He's not into RC flying at all, but he has commented he would love to come with me down to Muncie, in, Muncie Indiana as well. He's never been out that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, mean, if you got I there's to a possibility up with I, I might just drive out that way, and then the two of us drive out, drive down south together, too, because mm-hmm. uh, Manitoba is... Not quite straight up from Indiana, but it's a lot closer, right okay, so uh, we'll see. there's a couple of options and whatnot uh, yeah. and yeah, so I am gonna try I still can't make that guarantee, but I am going to try. we'll see so i'm okay. I really hope to to probably be able to do it this year
1: okay, so. let me know, and i'll 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 do every every conceivable effort to do it, yeah, anyways, off topic again, sorry <laughs> <laughs> we do that a lot, mhm okay so i guess that's it for today so thank you very much to all of our listeners um and have a great day awesome see ya Bye,
2: Bloopers and outtakes. Bloopers and outtakes.
0: And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> you guys we guys use video. Used it. No. no video. Oh. How do you guys help <sighs> from stepping
2: over each other? Uh, we step over each other all the time. <laughs> That's why. Why do, you, why do you think it takes me three and a half weeks to edit every podcast? <laughs> Touche. <laughs>
0: Yeah, here, Steve. What the fuck are you doing here? Are you replacing me, <laughs> Darren? Are you replacing me with Steve? Like that's how you got to play, right? Like, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, that sounds good.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, this. I, I don't know if I can act that well though. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you just have walking? to say hi.
0: <laughs> this is why agenda works. Having a document in front of you that you just read, even if you can't act, you just read. It's like reading, you know. I'm <laughs> gonna have you guys. Start up the agenda every freaking month. <laughs> every single
2: episode now. Free falling. We're free. <laughs> free, free falling. Exactly. Exactly.
1: That's exactly where oh, I wanted no, to go. Gonna,
2: I'm going to have to put that in the bloopers you now, aren't put, I?
0: Or you got to put that music as an intro. <laughs> Sorry, I curse so much?
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, that's fine. We set it up as explicit, anyways.
0: Yeah